You're listening to the Keep Writing Podcast, a resource for Christian women who are ready to write their first book, and then more, so they can lead their readers into spiritual freedom while leading their own families into financial freedom. My name is Nika Maples, and this is episode 109, Think Modestly. In today's episode, I want to share a thought with you that may be different from some other thoughts that you've heard from coaches and writing instructors. I want to encourage you to think modestly about your writing career. Let me explain. I think in the beginning, when somebody is just starting their writing career, they see these incredible numbers, and that becomes the expectation of what success is as a writer. When you see a a New York Times bestseller, you think that you have to have a New York Times bestseller. When you hear about a particular book selling a million copies, you think that yours is not successful until you've sold a million copies. Even the arbitrary number of 100,000 copies may not be where you need to set your sights in order to move forward in your writing career. Did you know that even at this moment, all of my books combined have not sold 100,000 copies? And I'm okay with that because I know that God is reaching and blessing readers everywhere through my books. And I hope one day I will reach 100,000 copies or a million copies sold. It's not that I'm saying I'm not good enough for that or that's impossible. Of course, I have big ideas and dreams. But to set that goal ahead of yourself at the beginning or really in the mid stages or any stage actually hinders you instead of helping you. It actually seems unattainable to set a gigantic goal When really the goal of selling five books is a big enough goal at the beginning. Because when you've sold no books so far, when you hit five books, you realize every word that you have painstakingly put on paper has made an impact on five people's lives. And that's no small thing. But if you're thinking, I won't be successful until I reach 100,000 books sold, then you'll completely discredit the five people who loved and were changed by your ministry on the page. See, every book sold to me represents a heart someone that God seeks out and pursues and loves. And it's for, he is for that person. He wants to provide that person with every resource so that their faith can grow. And if he saw fit to connect the dots and bring your book into their world, then he did it for a reason. So who are we to say those five people, hey, even that one person, when you sell one book, even when you give one book away, If you discredit and say, it doesn't matter until I've hit this massive number, like a 100,000, then you're really missing the whole point of why God called you to write in the first place. So 
Continue to dream big, sure. Hope for a million sales. Dream about a hundred thousand sales, but don't miss the first sale. Don't miss the first sale. So not only does every book sale matter in terms of the human heart, but also every book sale represents a dollar amount. And that's another way that we absolutely put a heavy burden on ourselves and, and miss out on what God is giving us in the meantime. If we are thinking, oh, I really want to make a full-time living from selling books, well, I'm proof positive that can happen. But I would ask you, are you going to shirk every dollar until then? Because here's the thing. Wouldn't you take any increase in your income if it would help your family? Let's say $500. If your boss at your nine to five job, if that person came to you and said, hey, we're increasing your um, your salary, we're going to pay you an extra $500 a month. Who among us would say, no, thanks. I'm not going to be satisfied until I'm making, you know, a million dollars here. Don't give me the 500. I want a million dollars a year. I want a hundred thousand, a million dollars is a hundred thousand dollars a month. And that's what I want. Okay. Well, that doesn't make sense because $500 a month would help you in so many ways, wouldn't it? Wow. You would pay off your car faster. You would be able to save for that milestone in your child's life faster, something like college, or you would be able to save up for for a home. You'd be able to save up for enjoying vacations. $500 a month would be excellent. But when a writer is beginning their career, a lot of times we um, turn up our nose at the smaller wins. Actually, $500 a month is totally possible. So I want to encourage you, if you're just beginning, to set your sights there. Here's how you could do it. If you were just beginning and if you uh, self-published your book, then I'm using round numbers here. Please don't um, absolutely think, oh, Nika promised this. I'm just using some round numbers here. Because actually, the price of your book, as far as printing, Depends a lot on the materials chosen and the number of pages and so on and so on. But if we're just talking about an average book, um, you know, what if you sold your book for $20? If you sold your book for like $19.99, then you would be able to sell 50 books and that would be $1,000 of gross revenue, of total sales, 50 books would bring in $1,000. So if you sold 50 books in a month, that's less than one a day in a month, then you could bring in $1,000 in gross revenue. Now to print that book, it's going to cost, you know, let's be safe. Let's add in a little, little cushion here and let's say half of the retail price. So you would get, actually you'd get $10, not $20, because 10 of it would go to the printing, the actual creation of the product, the materials and production of the book. So if you were to get $10 in 
profit from the sale of that book, then the math works out this way. You sell 50 books and you would bring home $500 a month. Now, how possible is that? It's totally possible. I'll tell you that a general rule of thumb for me is every time I go to speak somewhere, I bring 40 books. Anytime I'm going to speak somewhere, I bring around 40 books. I'll give you an insider secret and say, um, it all depends really on how many books fit in a box. Because some books are different sizes. So one box might only hold 24 books. And then I'll take two boxes. So I'm actually taking 48 books with me to a speaking engagement. Some books, you can fit more more than 24 books in a box. Some books, it's going to be less than 24 books in a box. So I'm just saying around, generally, I bring about 40 books to a speaking engagement. I always bring two full boxes. So however many that is in the moment. So to sell about 40 books at a speaking engagement is kind of what I shoot for. Some speaking engagements, I'll walk away and I will have only sold 10. Some speaking engagements, I sell out. But for me to tell you, is it possible to sell 50 books a month? Absolutely. If you can sell 40 in one day at a speaking engagement, it's totally possible. And that would be an extra $500 a month from book sales only. But then on top of that, every time you speak somewhere, sometimes I speak pro bono at places, but most of the time I ask for compensation for my time, uh, reimbursement for my gas or airfare. And that is extra income too, not the reimbursement, but the compensation for your time and preparation. You don't need to be speaking everywhere for free just because to make an offering and give someone a pro bono presentation, God will move your heart when it's time to do those things. And it's a joy to do those things, but you're not expected. And he doesn't expect you to plow a field and not have a harvest. If you're going to plow a field, if you're going to plant a seed, if you're going to tend the weeds, if you're going to cultivate the growth, he allows the harvest for you. So when you speak somewhere, that's additional income. But we're not even talking about speaking right now. I'm just talking about the sales of a book. So to sell 50 books a month, you could bring in $500 of just clear profit. And I ask you, is that something that you would turn your nose up? No, I wouldn't. I would say absolutely. That would be great. That's going to help me in a whole lot of ways. And you can right now think about how would you use $500 a month? If you don't start thinking in those terms of my goal is to sell 50 books a month. Let me use my calculator real quick here and look up. So 50 books a month times 12 months, that's 600 books a year. 600 books a year. Is that something you would turn your nose up on? I don't think so. Is that 600 people whose lives have a chance to be encouraged and changed from your ministry of words on the page. So think modestly. Start with selling 
50 books a month. Why not? That would end up being 600 books a year. Let's multiply that by, let's just say five years. 3,000 books. Now, there are a lot of people who would say, no, 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 but I want, I want to sell that 100,000 books. Absolutely go for it. But don't turn your nose up at 3,000 books sold. Do not sell, turn your nose up at 3,000 books sold because that's 3,000. If you knew that you were going to be able to help 3,000 people, wouldn't you want to do it? Help 3,000 people over the next five years? Absolutely. Well, what I'm telling you is that's just the beginning. But if you don't think modestly and think I'm willing to start where I start, I'm willing to be at the beginning and learn how to sell 50 books in a 30-day period, this is what I would do. Say, I'm going to sell 50 books in a 30-day period, and you set out to do it. And if you are unable to do it, then you set it again for the next month. I'm selling 50 books in a 30-day period. And if you, let's say you get to 20 the first month, and you get to 30 the second month, you keep setting the goal of selling 50 books per month over and over and over again until you do it. Because once you hit 50 books per month, you can figure out, all right, now, now that I've hit 50 books per month, now I'm going to see if I can shorten the time that I can make, sell 50 books. Now I'm going to try to sell 50 books in 25 days instead of 30 days. I'm going to sell 50 books in 25 days. And you repeat and you repeat and you repeat until you can do it. And then you say, I'm going to try to sell 50 books in 20 days. And you give yourself that ability to reach some goals. And if you don't want to pick 50 books, I, I applaud you for picking 15. I mean, it does not mean you're a failure. If you lower the number to an attainable number that you're willing to go after with all of your heart. But when we set these um, goals out in front of us and we think, I have no idea. I have no idea because how am I going to get to 100,000? I'll tell you this, 100,000 is more than you think. But the way anyone ever got to 100,000 was selling 50 books at a time. So if you don't learn that skill, how to sell 50 books at a time, you'll never get to 100,000. I was inspired to think of this verse this morning, Romans 12, 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. So the new, that's from the New International Version. The New Living Translation says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. It's a warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given you. That is starting where you're starting. We don't need to think, oh, I'm, I'm going for a New York Times bestseller. Before we are willing to put in the reps of learning how to sell a small amount, that's entitlement. And I see entitlement with people who are entering the speaking and writing world. 
it's this entitlement of like, oh, I've been on social media for five minutes. I need a million followers. Why didn't I go viral? I posted three times. Why didn't I go viral? I, I've had my book on sale for one year. Why haven't I sold a million copies? That's entitlement. Sometimes we see virility. Sometimes we see um, exponential growth that's, that seems like overnight success. But I, I know enough to know it's never overnight success because it would violate the law of the harvest that God set into place. It appears to be that somebody went viral. It appears to be overnight success. But the truth is that person started plowing fields, planting seeds, tending weeds, and cultivating growth. And they did it season after season after season after season. And the first harvest, they had a small field. The first harvest was only so many numbers of barrels or bags or wheel wheelbarrows. But... You learn how to do it again and again and again, and suddenly your your field is a bigger field, and your harvest is a bigger harvest. So let go of any entitlement that you may feel and say, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to figure out this one thing, how I can sell 50 books in a 30-day period. That's my goal. I'm going to get good at it. I'm going to get a consistent income of $1,000 gross revenue. $1,000 gross revenue for one month period will bless your family. Don't turn your nose up at it. Think modestly. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but instead think of yourself with sober judgment. Realize this is where I am. This is where I'm beginning. And this is what I'm going to learn how to do. Somebody said the other day, um, you know, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what to do next. And I really felt that compassion in my heart because in another area of my life, those same things are creeping up in my thoughts. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get there. And then I realized that the Lord was saying to me, you can plant a seed in the ground. You may not know how to harvest all the things you're wanting to harvest, but I'll tell you what you do know. You know how to plant a seed in the ground. And so I'm thinking right now, every time I think, I don't know, I don't know. I come back at myself because when you hear a lie, you have to combat it with truth. Here's the truth. I may not know, but I know how to sow. I know how to sow. I know how to put a seed in the ground. And the way I put it in the ground is with faith and the words of my mouth. So I declare When I don't know what to do next, I declare, God is showing me what to do. I'm going to sow this seed. I'm going to believe. I'm going to do the next thing. I'm going to keep it small until it's big. I'm going to think modestly and start where I start. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm going to celebrate every win along the way. And by the way, I've never been a New York Times bestseller or a Wall Street Journal bestseller or anything like that. And I still have a ministry to thousands of people who listen to my podcast, read um, my books, see my YouTube videos, all the things that I'm trying to do to encourage others. 
I would never tell you who is listening to this podcast right now, oh, you know what? You don't really matter until I've sold 100,000 books. You don't really matter until I've made a, a national award like the New York Times bestseller list. I disagree with that. You matter if you're the only person listening to this podcast right now. You're hearing me fire up. I'm so fired up about this. Genesis 1.28 says, God blessed them. This is Adam and Eve. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. The first thing that I want to say is when God says, take dominion, subdue every living creature that moves on the ground. Hello, you got to take dominion over you. Okay, so it's not just every living creature except for you. (laughs) You got to take dominion over you. Take that authority and say, oh, listen, I'm not going to let this dust. When God says subdue the earth, you're made of earth. You and I are made of dust. And he's saying subdue, subdue the earth, take dominion over it. And tell yourself, don't think more highly than you ought to. Start where you start. Let God lift you up in due time. Learn how to do the planting that you need to learn how to do so that he can bring the harvest later and he gets to choose when it comes. And this is the other thing I want you to notice in that verse. And it's called the creation mandate, Genesis 1:28. When God told them, be fruitful, he was talking to us. Increase in number, he was talking to us. Okay, so increase in number implies that their number was few. It was few. There was only two of them. And he said, increase. He didn't say, I'm going to get the world to a full throttle population day one. And God could have done that if he wanted to. But he started where he started on purpose. He started with two. Let two become four. Let four become eight. Let eight become 16. Let 16 go on and on and on. The story of your writing career will be very similar to the story of creation. Don't think you can write some other kind of story that's different from what God has already set into place. He says increase. This is the definition of increasing. To become or make greater in size, amount, intensity degree to become or make greater in size, amount, intensity, or degree. Greater means that there was a great. Greater (laughs) means in the beginning there was a great that had to come to become a greater. And then the other definition of increase is an instance of growing and making greater. Growing means that we begin somewhere If we're going to be growing, it's ongoing. Follow the creation mandate. Be fruitful and increase. Don't say on day one, how am I going to get this book sold? Well, you know how to sow. Plant a seed. Sell one book. You know how to sow. Sell one book. Don't be entitled to a harvest you have not planted. That is not... That's not the law of the harvest. And yes, I know there are verses in the Bible where he says you will you will have vineyards that you did not tend. That's that's what God gives supernaturally to us. 
He wants co-laborers. He wants sons and daughters who work alongside him. He doesn't want to be the magic genie that drops stuff in our laps. And we're just like, I woke up and I had all this. No, he could do that. But instead he asks for you to increase. He wants to see you experiencing the joy of planting. Yesterday, I invited my nephew over to help me or I needed like he was saving up for um, an item that he wants. He's like, I'll work for you anytime because I'm saving up for this item. And I said, wow, I really could use this closet to be cleaned out. If you'll help me clean up this closet, uh, I'll pay you $10 to help me clean up this closet. He's absolutely. And so he helps me clean the closet. He's helped me clean the garage. He's helped me clean out all these extra boxes. He's organizing for me. He's done this a couple times now. And you know what he said last night? He said, I'm proud of my work. He said, I know what that closet looks like. And now it looks so much better. And when I see that, I'm proud of my work. So it wasn't just about the money that I'm giving him that grows toward the item that he's saving for. He also is experiencing the pleasure of a job well done. That's what God wants you to experience. He wants you to have the things that you're hoping for, that you're saving for, that you're looking forward to, but he also wants you to experience the joy and pleasure of a job well done, where you can look at your book sales and say, I learned that. I learned how a harvest comes. I knew how to sow. There was a time where I didn't know what to do, but I believed I knew how to sow. I sold one book and then I learned. So whatever you learn, you can replicate. You can tell someone else how to do it once you learn it. Lastly, I want to draw your attention to John 15, 5, because in that creation mandate where God is saying, um, be fruitful and increase in number and take dominion and subdue the earth, be fruitful. Your fruitfulness is God's will for you. We don't have to wonder what's God's will for me. His will for you is fruitfulness. It says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. You will bear much fruit. You will. If you abide in him. How do we abide in him? You just stay close. Read his word. Sing his praises. Pray to him. Talk to him. Stay close. The eternal presence of God cannot do anything but bring life. So you get in his presence and whatever you've been dreaming about has life. That's how it works. That's how fruitfulness works. You bring him the dreams and concerns on your heart. Being in his presence cannot help but breathe life onto every project on your heart. And it will bring fruit. That fruit begins as Holy Spirit fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And that fruit that will come up in your spirit will actually be the fruit that nourishes the work of your hands. You got to feed the work of your hands because you know what? Inside an apple is a whole bunch of seeds. 
and those seeds can then be planted to grow a whole bunch of trees. So every apple actually represents an orchard. And every fruit of the Spirit that is grown in your heart actually represents a whole harvest. Because you drop the, you drop one seed from the fruit of joy, and it will increase and multiply. You will have an orchard. You will have a harvest field. But you got to have that fruit growing first, and that comes from abiding in the vine. I guess he said vine, so I should have used the word grape instead of apple. But grape also has a seed that will reproduce unto its kind. You plant joy, you will you will reap joy. You plant self-control, you will reap self-control. You plant faithfulness, you will reap faithfulness. And then the side stuff, the provision, the impact, well, of course that comes too. Of course it does. So don't set your sight higher than today. Just think modestly, do the day's work set before you, and plant a seed. Learn how to sell small, and then you'll learn how to sell big. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep writing.